contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Business of Sports. It's World Series time, so we have a baseball edition. Ryan Howard, the longtime Philadelphia Philly All-Star. What a great player now transitioning into the business world, entering the venture capital world with a new company, 76 Capital. Ryan Howard talks about his life as a baseball player and his life getting into the business world now. First, a word from our sponsor, Hewlett Packard. It's time to upgrade your old and aging tech. you got to get a new HP PC. They have the best security. Growth comes with a price. The world's most secure and manageable PCs and printers are Hewlett Packard. They have up to three-year standard warranty on select PCs. The pricing is excellent. It's got free shipping and returns every day, flexible financing options, dedicated sales team to help you with your growing business. So right now, my listeners can go to www.hp.com slash sports, enter my code SPORTS, that's all caps, S-P-O-R-T-S, save a whopping 35% on select HP business products with Intel. Core processors. You also get a three-year standard warranty on select PCs, free shipping store-wide. Again, go to www.hp.com slash sports, enter my code SPORTS, that's all caps, SPORTS, at checkout. Save an incredible 35% on select business PCs. See website for complete details. Hewlett-Packard, customized financial solutions to keep your business going and growing. Now to my conversation with Ryan Howard. It was in front of a live audience, actually the night of the NBA draft, where he's got great advice for his draftees coming to the NBA, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, all kinds of insights from Ryan Howard, NL MVP in 2006, World Series champion 2008, all-star three times, NLCS MVP, NL Rookie of the Year, all of that. My conversation, without further ado, with Ryan Howard. I think we got to get this out of the way. Still want to play? That's affirmative. <laughs> Thank you all first for, for coming out. Yes, that's affirmative. <laughs> Tell us your most recent foray with the Braves and where you want to go next with it. Um, you know, I was there for a little bit. And uh, things just, yeah, it didn't work out the way it happens for a reason. But, uh, you know, I'm not deterred. I'm determined. So looking towards the second half of the season, slide in somewhere, go do some damage. And what's the process like for people that don't know in terms of your agent reaching out, you looking for opportunities? It's, it's a different, it's a different ballgame. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's all about how you look at things. Um, right now, it's, yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of people, it would be very bleak. Uh, there could be times where you want to give up, but, you know, never stop, never stop believing, always believe in myself and believe in my ability um, on and off the field. So, um, you know, I'm going to stick with it, and uh, I'll be back out there at some point. One more thing on that, because I think maybe people out there are thinking you've made so much money, you've had a great career, why not just move to the next phase now? Well, for me, there's still a lot in the tank. And I always made a promise to myself that, you know, when I walk away from, base, from baseball for good, um, that I don't want to leave, I don't want to have any regrets. I want to be completely happy, putting down the cleats, putting down the glove, putting down the bat, you know, 
watching my son who's aspiring playing baseball and being that dad holding signs and stuff like that trying to embarrass him but uh, you know I just want to leave it all out there on the field and just feel good that it was like you know what that's it how long have you been playing competitive baseball um, I was drafted in 2001 with the Phillies uh, came up through the minor leagues which was absolute grind it was an absolute grind. I don't. Uh, I'm not sure how many people when they follow baseball or, or really understand. But I think one of the misconceptions is is that when you get drafted, uh, as opposed to football or basketball, I would always tell people I'm a part of the Philadelphia Phillies organization. I would never say I'm with the Philadelphia Phillies. I would say the organization because to me the Phillies was the major league team and. When you say Phillies, period, whether they hear the organization or not, oh man, you're in the major leagues, so you're making a lot of money. I was like, unless you think $850 is a lot of money a month, <laughs> you know, that's, you're, you're going to the grind, and there's 50 rounds, and of my draft class, two guys made it to the big leagues, and that was myself and Gavin Floyd. With the Phillies? With the Phillies. Out of how many picks? Out of at least 50 picks, uh, four actually, because they didn't have a second or a third round pick, uh, so there was probably 48, 47, 48 picks. The guys that I came up with, that I originally signed with, and all that kind of stuff, the weeding out process, uh, Gavin Floyd and myself were the only two that made it to the big leagues from our draft class. It's interesting you have that perspective. We talked before about these kids coming in the NBA tonight. Top 10 picks, maybe all freshmen, 19 years old, making 15 to 20 million dollars over the next three years. You didn't have that luxury. And, and I think baseball players, you can respond, have a little more perspective coming in than maybe some of these other sports. Yeah, it's, it's different. Like I said, you know, if I was 17, 18, 19, coming out of, college, or coming out of high school or college my freshman year, and you're going to give me. 70, 80 million dollars, I'm gonna be honest, I'm probably gonna have to fool. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you're going from really not having anything to all of a sudden you've got this influx of, of capital and money and this and that or whatever. But, um, you know, for me, I, I've always, I had, I was lucky enough to have a stable background and a stable household at home to where, you know, I was able to keep things in perspective. My mom always told me, hey, don't ever spend your money before you get it. And so that was something that always resonated with me. And, uh, you know, from the baseball standpoint, like I said, the grind is you're not going straight from high school or straight from college to the big leagues, you know, unless you're Ken Griffey Jr. or something like that. But uh, that's a very, very rare type of situation. You're going through the minor leagues, so you, you learn to, to grow uh, and mature as you're going through the minor leagues. Listening to you, do you have a vision or role for yourself with 76 or otherwise as mentoring young people, mentoring young players, teaching them about money management, of life skills? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things for me is that guys that come in at such a young age don't necessarily see past their career. And um, it's, it's trying to get them to be able to understand and recognize that, hey, I'm going to be 
you know, this guy, I'm going to have more of a, a normal life outside of whatever my sport is, then I will actually be able to play my sport. So I may play for, if you're lucky, you play for 10 years, maybe 15 years. If you're absolutely, man, if it was great, you're playing for 20 years. But you still may live another 40, 60 years after that. So everything's cool and it's fine and dandy as you're playing. Those checks are coming in. Those big checks are coming in. But it's what happens when those checks stop coming in. How have you been handling your money? How are you even set up? And even for the guys who don't necessarily get the big contract, how they handle their money and how they're able to still have kind of an opportunity to create that wealth for them, even though they weren't able to get like the, the, the big contract as some of their teammates were. And speaking of, of careers following sports, which could be very short, unlike you, that long career, what about your next step? What drew you to venture capital? What drew you to this next step you're, you're embarking upon? Well, for me, um, I would always have com conversations with some of my old teammates, with Jimmy, Shane, uh, Chase, and Cole, and just talk about different things, business, uh, life, and basically just kind of talking about post-baseball, you know, stuff that I wanted to do, and um, wound up having a conversation with my agent. We met through a mutual, uh, a mutual acquaintance, um, and, you know, I told my agent, I said, you know, I want to start to prepare now for my post-baseball career. I'd rather be uh, proactive instead of reactive because I think that's the problem is where a lot of athletes get to the end of the line and they're like, all right, what do I do next? So I'm trying to have kind of that seamless transition of starting this process as I continue to want to play and having things working so that when I do lay those cleats down, and I pick up the sports coat, we're ready to rock and roll. And you mentioned sort of other players you talked to, you mentioned your Phillies teammates, but this seems to have happened a few times in the recent years. I'm thinking about Carmelo Anthony and David Ortiz and Kobe Bryant merging with some form of capital or something like that. Did you look at those examples as models for you or is this sort of You know, I think it goes back even further. I think you look at the Magic Johnsons and what he's been able to accomplish. I think you look at Michael Jordan and what he's been able to accomplish. But I think one other person that was really kind of, that really kind of stuck out to me was Jay-Z. And Jay-Z was the, was the person who was able to use his platform as a rapper to now become the business mogul that he is today. So in looking at what a lot of the other guys, looking at what LeBron has done, looking at what Andre Iguodala has done out in Golden State with the Golden State Warriors, I believe they created kind of a team uh, VC where they're where they're doing a lot of stuff in tech, you see that the athlete or the entertainer is not just the athlete or the entertainer in the, anymore. Like as opposed to being the person that is collecting the check, now it's trying to be the person that's writing the check. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because I shared my story with Master P and people ask about the Jay Z agents. Is that the same thing? Right away I knew 
this is different. Uh, and I also have been advising Josh Hart from Villanova, who hopefully will go first round tonight, and his search for agents, and he picked the Jay-Z Rock Nation firm after meeting with them, and like you said, really much bigger business and showing the way for a lot of young people like that. You both heard our authors. But talk about that little rhino, if you could. Oh, I mean, it's, it's great. It's something that uh, my, my wife and I did. Uh, put together a book series kind of loosely based on just, you know, kind of stories and things that kind of took place in our lives as, uh, as we were growing up in just different situations. And, you know, she was a second grade, uh, a second grade teacher, and it's so important to be able to have kids being able to read by the, uh, the end of third grade. Um, it's, I mean, that's kind of the turning point in their lives to where, if they're, if they're not able to read, it's, it's usually downhill from there. So we wanted to do something that could try to affect, have an effect and, and create change and, and have fun writing a, writing a children's book. Ryan, what, what's, what's the end goal? Do you want to be in this world long term? Do you want to be on the other side of, of athletes, management, ownership? Is that a goal of yours? Um, yeah, that would definitely be a goal. Uh, you know, I would love to to get to the point to be able to to be in an ownership group someday. Um, but right now, in, in trying to help with these young entrepreneurs um, and helping them develop their dream. I mean, I've been able to live out my dream, and baseball's taken me to a lot of great places where I probably never would have otherwise gone. And um, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity to be able to provide that for somebody else or help somebody else grow that, that little seedling of a, of a dream as far as their, uh, you know, their, their uh, company and, and whatnot to, to be able to make it great, be able to make a, a change um, in the world. And my last question, we touched on this earlier, but if you had that group, you were in the green room tonight in, in Brooklyn, what would you say? What would you say to Marco Fultz? What would you say to Alonzo Ball and his dad uh, about what lies ahead, what pitfalls to look for, and how to be successful on and off the court? Um, I would just say, you know, remain who you are. Don't let the money make you who you are. Like, you are who you are. You got to where you, to where you are today because of who you are. And don't let money change you. Yeah, it'll change it'll change little things to where you can buy yourself a nice house or buy yourself a car or whatever. But part of my French, don't be an ass. There's no need for that. You know what I mean? So you know, just because you make more money than somebody else doesn't make you better than somebody else. Is what I would tell them. And I know from running a team, when we had a guy that was a character issue or had issues, doing a new contract with more money was only going to exacerbate. Those issues weren't going to help. It was going to hurt. Can we open it up? Questions? Yes, sir. Okay, so my question is, obviously, we don't know the four major sports leagues, but college athletics in general, I think, is a hot topic. Ten years, what's the future? What's going to happen with the NCAA? Do you think college-age athletes should be paid? And also, where do you see, if you guys can see, you know, what happens if 
if they do get paid, how is that going to change the NCAA and all the other sports leagues? Such a sticky situation. Um, as far as, I mean, it's it's so tough when you look at it because, like my school, we didn't have to, we didn't have that problem. Uh, the football team wasn't very good. The basketball team hasn't made it to the NCAA tournament since my freshman year. So uh, baseball was pretty good, but I mean, as far as just looking at it, it's it's tough because. It's, it, the world is changing. And I know the O'Bannon brothers from UCLA were having a big issue. Um, I'm not sure how many people kind of saw the, the thing on the, the 30 for 30 on ESPN about the Fab Five and how Chris Weber was talking about how, you know, they had to like, I don't know if they were stealing food or whatever, but they didn't have money to get to, to get food or get certain things, but yet you're generating so much money for the university and the conferences, you know, for the universities and whatnot. I mean, I think that uh, it's tough because you do want to still keep that. Uh, there, there's got to be a happy medium because I think you. I don't think the player. I don't think the athletes should get paid, but there should there should be something that the athletes should be able to get because you're generating millions, multi millions of dollars for these. Uh, for these universities, and you know, and it, it looks to go to you know benefit you know the other sports or some of the other students and whatnot. But I mean, I I don't think they should should get paid because it then I think it kind of takes away from well, I was getting paid this much in college. Now all of a sudden it's I'm going to the EBA, so I need at least you know 120 million to sign for the NBA or whatever. So I don't know. I think it gets skewed. And I just think that you should keep that amateur uh, that amateur tag, but there's got to be something that the colleges can do to help make that a little bit better for the athlete. Yeah, I think two things. One, on the legal side, there's a case coming up in uh, 2018 when we get the course brought by a guy named Jeffrey Kessler, who's represented a lot of the NBA players and NFL players. Uh, and it's going to be a landmark case. And basically, he's asking the courts to decide that the NCAA lift all the restrictions, which would basically open up players to be free markets, free agents, where one school could offer $100,000 in benefits, and then another school would say, I'll offer $120,000. But then you have to think about the ramifications. So taking it away from the courts, what about equality? And this is where I have mixed emotions, because I do understand what Ryan's saying about the drivers, the top football and basketball players that drive the revenue. On the other hand, I'm at Villanova. We have 25 sports. One makes money. One. Men's basketball. So then you start thinking about, okay, well, what's funding the other 24 sports? And then you get into the question is, what's the goal of collegiate athletics? Is it to be on TV? and coaches who are recruiting nationally and being big time, or is it to provide athletic opportunities for students and, and education? I mean, there you get into that, that mix. I think what we may have eventually is a two-tier system, where we have one system which is pure athletics and one is pure commercial. 
whether it's a power fund in football, a certain segment of basketball, whatever it may be, because of the commercialism that's developed. But it's very, people don't look at the big picture, like I said, with most NCAA sports not making money. How do you deal with that? What advice would you give O'Shea? Who should he be surrounding himself with, not only for football, but for life? I just want to broaden that out and try to point to remind myself to show O'Shea. The people you choose to put in your life are really going to determine your success. So I'd love to just hear your guys' perspective. I would say, as far as, well, first off, are you good? You're pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Humble. That's it. Don't, that's what I'm talking about. Don't change who you are. Be who you are. Stay true to yourself, your morals, everything. Don't change that. Stay humble. Stay hungry. That's number one. Number two, as far as the people you hang around with or you want to be, Make sure they're there for the right reasons. My dad told me a long time ago when I was your age, he said, you know, the things that you think are important or the people you think are important right now, in 10 years won't be. So some of these people that may be in your life now, they won't be there in 10 years. Some of the stuff that you think is important now, like, you know, the, a lot of this stuff with, you know, the Snapchats and stuff like that, be careful with that stuff. Number, number, you know what I mean? Because schools, teams, people are looking at that. That's that's like your resume, in a sense. That's part of your resume. Well, how does he act off the field? How does he do this? Who's he hanging around with? People always, they look at that stuff. Okay? So, as far as that, like, to me, those are two of the biggest things because you get people that are hanging around for the wrong reasons, they're not about you, they're not about your goals or your dreams or your or what you want to try to accomplish, you don't need them. You don't need them. And trust me, like, you, it, 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 it'll, it'll be tough because you'll be like, you may, if you, you make it, you'll have people that'll say, oh man, you changed, man, I don't even know who you are. And if that's the case, you say yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to get here, man, and if you're trying to stay here, we're not on the same level. So if you're saying I'm changed, then I guess I changed. Stay focused on what it is that you want to accomplish and where you want to be. From the business standpoint, like Wayne said, people are gonna come, they're gonna approach you. You gotta make sure that you have the right people on your team, you know, financial people, stuff like that, that you can be able to go to and say, hey, this guy brought this deal to me, and you feel confident being able to take it to somebody and say, hey, can you look this over for me? Like, what do you think? This is what they're trying to do. So you have to be able to surround yourself with the right team. And, and the way that you do that, man, I, I try to keep it as organic as possible. Keep it as organic. Like, you, you can tell when you're around people, like, I don't really feel that person. I mean, I hear them talk, but it's not, it's not genuine. It doesn't connect to me. You know what I mean? So when you can feel that type of connection with people, because I tell guys, you know, when it comes to, to agents and stuff like that, they want me to recommend an agency. I was like, look, I'm gonna just tell them the truth to where it's like, I'll tell you my experience, but the feeling really comes with you and what your experience is with that person. If you feel like you connect to that person or not, you know what I mean? So. 
if there's no connection, thank you, but no thank you, I'll keep it moving. So just focus on that because if you want to be in the NFL and you know you want to you want to do all that stuff, that's great. But also remember to look past the NFL because your aspirations, and your goals should be. I want to own a team. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm gonna use this playing thing right here to get my foot in the door and this and that or not. But I want to own a team someday. If, if that's what your aspirations are, or maybe it's you know something else. Whatever those aspirations are. Stick with that. Focus on those. Really hope you enjoyed listening to Ryan Howard as much as I did, former National League MVP, longtime great Philadelphia Philly, now getting into the business world. A few notes before we go. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brent. Send me questions. I'll answer them on the podcast. Hashtag BOS Pod. Also, you can listen to all the business of sports podcasts on iTunes. Be sure to give us a five-star rating if you would. Stitcher, tune in, RossTucker.com, wherever you hear your podcasts. And I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.